By the time an American reaches 65 years old, their health care costs are expected to reach some $11,300 a year. This from the Registered Nurses Association, and this average spending for women is almost double that of men. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. During your lifetime, we're looking at over $400,000 each being spent on health care costs. Although health insurance and Medicare may pick up most of the tab, Americans will still be on the hook for some serious sums of money as they age. We learned at the recent American Society on Aging National Conference, centering our activities and focus on wellness now can save us money later. How it works, we learned from presenter Sandra Maliengros of CareLink in Rhode Island. It seems as if health care costs are continuing to rise and rise and rise. How do we how do we save money on our health care costs outside of maybe just getting less treatment? Well, I, th- I think a big part of it is um, looking at it from a prevention standpoint, and that's something that's growing nationally right now, wellness and prevention. Um, so managing your health um, before you start to have problems, so leading a healthy lifestyle, uh, eating a healthy diet, participating in regular activity um, to kind of cut down on some of the complications that might arise um, later on. Um, so that might be, um, you know, you could be perfectly healthy, have, have no health conditions, and we want to keep things that way. Or you could be someone that already has a health condition, something like uh, heart disease or diabetes, and we want to prevent uh, complications from arising with either of those conditions. So how much are Americans spending on various uh, aspects of health care? So um, these values are provided by the CDC, things um, like falls. Um, We have a uh, $29 billion spending uh, from non-fatal falls currently, um, and that's our Medicare costs. Um, Our annual cost for diabetes uh, is $327 billion. Our annual cost for uh, heart disease is $363 billion. Um, non-fatal falls is $50 billion, and fatal falls is $754 million uh, annually, as reported by the CDC. Well, when we're spending money like that, I guess trying to get a hold of uh, some of those aspects, maybe a fall you can't get a hold of as well as better uh, diet and that kind of thing for diabetes, but it seems to be in our interest Uh, as you said, before we have to pay for it, to do better prevention and outreach within ourselves to make that work. That's that's absolutely correct. Um, And a lot of that is uh, educating the public. Um, for things like you mentioned diabetes, um, it's adhering to uh, your doctor's recommendations, taking the medication you're supposed to take, um, and living the healthy lifestyle that you're encouraged to, um, to participate in. Um, falls, you're right, is more of an isolated incident that happens, um, but we still want to look at it from a preventative standpoint. So participating in uh, strength training, balance training, there's a lot of new research that shows the benefits of um, tai chi and yoga. Um, and those are things that are available um, without necessarily needing to go through a health Healthcare provider, um, you know your your local gym or YMCA, different types of community programs um, might offer those classes. I know um, our local library has, um, you know, twice a week they do yoga on the beach. Um, so you know, five dollars you get to spend the morning on the beach, participate in yoga, all the while um, trying to prevent falls, injurious falls, and you know things like that can add up to decrease our spending as well. I think that is really insightful. Is looking around to see what other uh, health-related 
um, assets are there that a person can use that can re- end up having them to pay less health care cost. And we don't spend a lot of time doing that, shopping around to do it. I mean, we shop for clothes, we shop for groceries, but we don't shop for things that will help our health. That's, that's exactly right. And there's so much available and there's so many different avenues of, um, of wellness that are growing that it would be hard-pressed to find something that didn't interest each, each person. Um, and it's not uh, a one-size-fits-all thing. Um, someone might not like yoga, so they think, well, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, if I fall, I fall, so be it. But there are a lot of other programs that um, might be more appealing to someone. And it's a matter of finding what interests you, um, what pace you like to work at. Are you more of a fast-paced, uh, 100% effort all the time type of exercise you want to leave there sweating? Or are you more of someone who likes something more relaxing, but you get kind of a slow burn type of workout? Um, and that is available. It's just a matter of, um, you know, looking at your resources looking what's available in your community. Um, the CDC offers a lot of resources that can be found, um, you know, based on your state and what kind of uh, exercise you're looking for. Um, and, of course, you can always talk to your physician first, um, see what type of uh, activity they recommend you starting with, and then you can build as you go. Are you finding that women are more conscious of their health care costs than men are? Um, yes and no. I, I think... Um, to be honest with you, I think it's something that's growing, um, you know, a- across the spectrum. I think men and women are both interested um, in becoming healthier. Um, people are living longer, and um, people aren't necessarily living healthier, and that's something that um, I think both genders are looking to uh, improve upon. I think there's a big community aspect of it that women have kind of tapped into previously, um, that social setting, um, working out with your friends, going for walks with your friends, and, and finding an exercise group. But I, I don't think that uh, men are excluded from that in any way. It's, it's, uh, it's working across the board, and, and people are finding the beneficial results of that. Is it also probably essential for older adults, many that are on uh, fixed income, if they do some of these uh, preventive measures that you're saying of looking for alternatives, they can get a hold of their health care costs, which can really help them when they don't have the money to spend in the first place? That's, that's absolutely true, and that, that's part of the educational piece that we're looking to expand upon. Um, there are a lot of community resources that, that can come at no cost or a very low cost, um, but we see uh, at a national standpoint the savings that come with that are astronomical in the millions and billions of dollars. Um, so, you know, participating in a $5 yoga class a couple times a week is very realistic for some people, uh, and if it's not, sometimes there are free courses available. Um, even a lot of uh, local uh, universities and colleges, um, students are running their own programs that come at no cost, um, which is another great resource for that low-income option for people as well. This is really something for uh, minorities and low-income people who don't have a lot of money to spend on health care costs, is to uh, get a hold of their health to begin with, and then they're not going to be adversely impacted when something happens. Exactly. And, and that's, that's kind of the, uh, the take-home message from all of this. You know, there might be a little bit of spending uh, up front to participate in a beneficial program, um, but the savings that come with some of the repercussions of having uh, complications or an injury down the road uh, are well worth, um, you know, the averted costs that, that you might have to put up up front. And as health care costs rise, is this going to, you think, going to pressure more people to uh, take an upfront control of their health care costs and do these preventive measures so they can save money in the long run? 
Absolutely. I think um, I think the cost of, of these things growing is just one aspect of it. Um, I think we've already seen in, in recent years uh, older adults participating in, in more uh, exercise and being more health conscious. I think we see that um, across all different ages, to be honest with you. Um, and I think the, um, the cost is just another great... Um, you know, reason to, to do it. It gives us kind of the hard numbers. We can see the costs that come with um, complications in our health. Um, and we know, we all know what we have to do. We have to stay healthy. We have to eat right. We have to exercise. We have to take the medications we're supposed to take. Um, but doing it is, is a different story. And I think, uh, you know, the getting started part is the hardest for a lot of people. Um, and I think if, if we can see the numbers, we can see the repercussions of, of the costs of this. I think that's just an, gives us another reason to say, okay, now's the time. I got to start doing it. What did the pandemic teach us about healthcare costs? Or did it just focus more attention on it because of uh, what was going on? Well, I, I, I think um, I think both are true. I think it, it certainly brought to to light some things we already know. We already know the astronomical costs of our our, um, our health, um, and we know some of the challenges that our healthcare system faces as a nation. Um, but I, I think it also kind of um, touched upon things that um, that were new to us. We, um, you know, gyms closing was a big thing. You know, people were used to that community aspect of of working out and exercising, um, and for a lot of people, that was their motivation to to participate in a healthy lifestyle is um, the accountability of a group of people. And when that got taken away, um, it got hard for a lot of people to continue to do the things that they had trained themselves to do and to work towards. Um, so we had to get creative and we had to learn different ways to keep up what we already knew we had to keep up with. What are the things did your uh, your study or your work point out that people need to do to gain control of their health care costs? Um, I think, uh, generally speaking, the, the, the coin phrase here is lifestyle change. Um, and that can mean different things to different people. Um, that might mean medication management, um, taking things that you're supposed to take as prescribed to you by your physician, regular health care screenings, um, you know, seeing a dentist regularly, seeing your optometrist regularly, um, and, uh, you know, healthy lifestyle, meaning, um, you know, the diet you're supposed to be eating, if you have diabetes, you know, maybe not having such a salty diet. Um, and exercise. Exercise is, has been shown. We, we see the, the value in exercise from, from you know, a multi-system approach, um, you know, from a, a uh, heart conditions, uh, from diabetes, from false prevention, balance programs, strengthening programs, cardiovascular training programs. Um, exercise is good for us. And, and I think um, whatever that means to you, it can be a handful of different things. You can pick what you like best. Um, but we, we see the, um, the value in those across the board from, from multiple systems in our body. But people are going to say to you, hey, you know, that's great to do, but how do I get started? It sounds like way too much work that I don't have time for. Do they piecemeal their way in? Do they make one thing one step at a time? How would you recommend people get started to really take a, a look at their health care and health care costs so that uh, they're not going to have maladies gonna, that are going to really break their bank on the back end? 
I think it's different for everyone based on um, what they're looking to change. Um, so, for example, if you're looking to get into more physical exercise, um, you might start just, uh, you know, every other day. You might start two days a week with very light exercise. You might start with just a walk around the block. And for you, that's, you know, if you're used to sitting on the couch all day, that one walk around the block a couple times a week um, is a great way to get started because it's something and that's better than doing absolutely nothing. Um, if you're looking for more of a dietary standpoint, you might substitute, uh, you know, if you have a, an unhealthy lunch, you might say, okay, two, three days a week, I'm going to substitute with a healthier uh, lunch choice. Uh, you know, go for the whole wheat bread instead of the white bread on a sandwich. Or sim simple changes like that are a great way to just acknowledge that there needs to be some kind of change and promotion for a healthier lifestyle. And then it becomes easier to, uh, to you know, work across the board and, and make more changes along the way. Um, the CDC and, uh, you know, local community websites and libraries, things like that, offer good resources for, um, for more structured programs if that's what somebody's looking for as well. What you're also saying, though, is that some of the things you're going to start doing, you may not see a direct immediate benefit from because people like to say, well, if I'm going to do strength, I want to see my muscles starting to get big. But this is for things that will happen down the line, and they need to know that up front. Absolutely, absolutely. And, it, and some of these are not changes that you would see. Um, some of these, you know, we're, we're looking at a preventative standpoint. So um, for some things, um, having no change is, is good. Things not getting worse is good. Um, you might not necessarily see things, um, you know, improve in a certain way that you're looking for, especially immediately. Um, but for example, if you're looking for false prevention, the fact that you never have a fall is exactly what we're looking for. Um, or from a diabetes standpoint, you know, the fact that your, your, um, your blood sugar levels uh, don't change might be good for you. Um, so it's, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we look for a big picture changes immediately, and that's certainly not the case. So I think um, someone speaking to their physician about exactly what, what their plan should look like and what kind of goals that they're setting for themselves is a great place to start. So take yourself, so help yourself now. And what you're really doing is helping yourself in the future then. Absolutely. Yep. We're looking from a prevention standpoint. Um, you know, what can we do to um, keep ourselves uh, living healthily? Our subject is being active with wellness can save you health care costs in the future. Our guest is Sandra Maliangros of CareLink in Rhode Island. We connected with her at the American Society on Aging National Conference in New Orleans for Older Americans Month, and we do thank her for her insights and time for this edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for yourself and your family's health, and we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.